following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Welcome to another episode of the Lucha Outsiders Show. I am the heel of the seals, the deal of the villain, stay shown, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And I am joined by my tag team partner, as always. He's the analysis of the L-O-C. He's a man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter, and when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. Yo, what's going on, bro? What's up, man? We were um, talking... Before I hit record about some other stuff, but I didn't ask you how you're doing. What's going on with you after a, a live, live full gear that we both attended to? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. Uh, can't complain, you know. It's a short week. Thanksgiving's already here. It's pretty crazy. Uh, coming off a busy weekend, you know, for the both of us. We uh, we met up. We hung out for a little bit. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm good. Can't complain. What about you? I'm also glad that it's a short week. And then we have Survivor Series coming up, so and we're both going to be attending that, so that's something to look forward as well. And then just having a day off of work, like an extra day off of work, is just so good, man. Especially with my job, I'm like always not miserable. I'm just like, ugh, I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I know. I feel you. You know, it's uh, it's a rough life out there. Yeah, I know. And then um, I was telling you before we hit record about this new hive gimmick that I'm trying to figure out. What the hell is this? It's crazy. I don't even know what the hell's going on. People are sending me, uh, you know, screenshots of our Instagram stories. <laughs> What's a hive? I'm just like, dude, I don't even know what it is. You know, I don't even. I, it's funny. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna talk to Mario tonight. Like, I'll ask him. I have no freaking clue what this is. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's the social media thing. It's just uh, <sighs> social media just keeps evolving. It's it's nuts, man. Hive, Twitter, all these like all these new things. And I don't know if this is gonna catch you know fire. But if it does, then I'm 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 gonna get on that. But I'll wait to see for a little bit, uh, you know, to see I know. if a lot of other yeah. people start making accounts and stuff before I jump on. Yeah, I was uh, I was telling Oridian, uh, shout out to Oridian from Rest Friends, because she's the one that, you know, told me about this Hive gimmick. And I'm like, I'm not for this movement. Like, it's already hard for me to keep up with Instagram. Like, ugh. And then it's like, now I'm thinking, like, do I make one for the Lucha page or should I make one for me personally? It's like, I barely post on my personal page. Let me just do one for Lucha just in case this ends up taking off. Yeah, dude, I mean, I even actually started tweeting out uh, pictures and videos and things from Full Gear this morning on our Lucha Outsiders Twitter because I slack with that all the time, you know? I'm not I'm not always on it, and, uh, you know, I'm not always tweeting and posting things. So, yeah, I mean, just to add another social media uh, app to the, to the mix, I mean, my goodness. Um, I mean, I'm okay with it if, like, they take away Twitter, but you got to take away one if you're going to add one, you know? I don't want to add an extra <laughs> one. I don't need... I don't need for social media apps, all right. I already use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I don't need a I don't need a hive on top of that. So, <laughs> if, 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 you know, if you want me to use it, take away one of the others. So just to just to finish up on this hive talk, I did my first post on it like five minutes ago, and I was like, "How do you use this gimmick?" Yeah, right. It's gonna be a learning learning. Uh, I, I I feel like nobody knows what the hell it is or how to use it. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I gotta look it up. If you, if for the people that are listening to us right now, if you have a hive, if you haven't hive, make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders, right? Follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, but follow us at Hive too. If this ends up being follow a thing. Follow me on Hive. What a world we live in. Before we get started, so normally, listen, it's ten thirty at night. Normally, when we do the show, 
I usually do the hashtag it's Red Bull time. But this time we're going to do something different, okay? I don't know if you can see me right now, but we're going to do a hashtag it's Red Bull time presents. All right? I don't know if you can see me cracking open this real quick. Oh, I see. I got uh-huh. me, yeah, a little broken skull American lager, okay? Love it. Great beer. Great beer. Ah, that's some good stuff right there. All right, dude, let's get into it. So this episode we're going to just cover full gear. Before we break down every single match, or at least most of the matches, give me your instant thoughts of like the overall show. Really enjoyed it. Uh, thought it was a really, really great show from start to finish. Didn't really have a problem with any of the matches specifically. I think for the most part, um, they all delivered. Um, had a lot of great moments. And, you know, it's it's some new champions on top of it as well. So in, in that sense, it's going to be memorable. Um, for that reason, and uh, I mean, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, for the most part, I saw positive reviews, but I know a lot of people are, are already like, you know, oh, not one of their best, this and that. I mean, you know, it's like every single pay-per-view, I feel like everybody's like, oh, well, if you, this was one of their best or not one of their best. It's like, you know, I mean, like, they have so many pay-per-views. Like, I mean, it's going to be hard sometimes to top the previous ones, you know? I mean... But for the most part, it was a good show. I mean, if anybody has any complaints, you know, I, I don't really, I don't really know what you would be complaining about. Um, you know, it was a long show, of course, but I thought it was paced pretty well. And again, being in attendance, it's different than watching it on TV. Absolutely. Um, so I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, it dragged in some parts," but like for for me, and I don't know if it was the same for you, but being there, I feel like the show was paced pretty well for the most part. It was a long show. I want to say the show dragged. One thing, it's a show being long. Another thing, it's like it drags like, oh, man, like I just want this shit to be over. But I never felt that way, especially being there live, right? Like you said, there was a lot of great moments. There was some stuff that was like, eh. But overall, I enjoyed myself. It was a very enjoyable show. I was thinking about like, you know, we're at a stage with AEW right now where not every pay-per-view is going to be Oh my god, did you see that? The first two years of AEW, every single pay-per-view for the most part delivered. And I'm not saying that Full Gear this year didn't deliver, but it wasn't one of those pay-per-views that really stood out like in the whole realm of rest. You get what I'm saying? Like it had its great moments, but it wasn't like like I still put like Forbidden Door and even AEW Revolution that happened earlier this year above Full Gear. And that's not taking nothing away from the pay-per-view. It's just some pay-per-views are fucking amazing, and you're like, oh my god, you come out of there with such a high, and then you're, uh, there's other pay-per-views that you're going to come out of and be like, oh, that was a good show. Yeah, totally. I, I actually, uh, so I can agree with the Revolution. I thought Revolution was really, really good and really set the standard for the year for AEW. You know, it was the first pay-per-view of the year. But I, I won't go on a limb and say that this pay-per-view full gear was better than Forbidden Door, in my opinion. And I say that just because... Um, you know, like when you look back at these pay-per-views, some of them are, are more memorable than others mm-hmm. and for different reasons. For this show, this will always be memorable for me because obviously it's the night that MJF got crowned the world champ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on top of that, we got the two other new champs, uh, which yeah. is the Hater yeah. winning the women's championship and uh, Samoa Joe with the TNT title. So it's kind of rare that you see like three title changes. Right, um, like right. This on, especially on an AEW pay-per-view. Um, you know, Forbidden Door had its moments too, but like for the most part, besides Mox and Tanahashi and I guess that Fatal Four Way, you know, it's hard to really look back on that show and really remember anything else that happened. 
Um, you know, and also on Full Gear too, you had a great steel cage match. Um, I just feel like there was a lot. Uh, there was memorable more memorable moments. moments in Full Gear. Yeah, so I mean, you know, obviously it's each their own. Everybody's got their own opinion, but I would definitely put this above um, Forbidden Door, but maybe slightly below uh, Revolution. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to touch on, like the pre-show, or or no? Because like we. Oh <laughs> uh, well, considering. We didn't watch a lick of the pre-show because we were just hanging out. <laughs> I really don't even know what I could contribute to to it. Um, you know, I know they had that six-man tag, and Dan Housen ended up uh, yep. you know, being in that match. And from what I saw, I was watching on the TVs as I was walking around. He did look like he actually wrestled a bit, so so that's cool. And then, um, and then Ricky Starks was on there. Yeah, he beat Brian Cage, yep. and then you know Eddie and June Nakayama. So I I didn't really. Like I said, I didn't go back and watch it. Uh, I really didn't pay too much attention. But, but you know, it's it's the zero hour, so it's it's kind of just it's it, it's easily missable. Yeah, there's there's some pre shows that that are hit. Like I thought the the pre show for All Out earlier this year, I thought that was a good pre show. And then this pre show, I'm not saying that the matches weren't enjoyable, but it just didn't really grab my interest that way. Like I knew Ricky Starks was going to beat Brian Cage, and then unpopular opinion here, but. Akiyama really doesn't do much for me. And, you know, I know some, some you know, diehards are going to be like, I can't believe you're going to say that about a legend. Hey, I'm not saying that he's not a legend. I just saw what he, happened on Rampage, and, yeah, I wasn't really impressed. And, you know, obviously he's older, and, you know, maybe he was better when he was younger, but I just have no interest, you know. And that's not taking nothing away from the match or taking away that being Eddie Kingston's, like, you know, like, one of Eddie Kingston's heroes. That's not taking none, nothing away from that. You know, I know Eddie Kingston cut a really great promo afterwards. Got right in his feels. You know, that's an accomplishment for him having this match with with a legend like this. But me personally, for my liking, it really, you know, I wasn't really impressed with him from what I saw on Rampage. And if you want to eat me all up for me making those comments, that's perfectly fine. I really don't care. But I'm just being honest. He really didn't do much for me. I really honestly couldn't care less either. I mean, all I've been hearing is is that this guy's a legend. Um, I'm really not familiar with him at all. Like, even before, uh, you know, he showed up here, I just, I've never heard of him before. I don't know if that makes me less of a diehard wrestling fan, but, or anything like that. Like you said, I'm sure people are going to come at us for not knowing him or, or giving him praise. Um, but listen, this was for Eddie Kingston. Yep. This is obviously something he's wanted ever since, you know, he got into wrestling. 1,000%. And, and Tony gave it to him, which, which is awesome. So, uh, you know, good for Eddie and, uh, you know, that's it. I, I don't know if we'll see him again, but, you know, we'll see. I guess we'll tie this in before we start breaking down the, the, the matches. We're talking about uh, signings and stuff, okay? Um, so apparently A.R. Fox got um, <laughs> he got um, offered a contract. I have yet to hear if he signed it or not. I just wanted to bring that up just based on, you know, the kind of the traction that we got on Instagram with that little reel that I made of, you know, you just going off on all these uncontracted talent showing up in AEW. And then also our boy Takeshita. He's officially all elite. So now that rounds it up to, if I'm not mistaken, maybe like 155 of signed talent in AEW. So uh, I just wanted to throw those two out there just to get some, some quick thoughts from you. Yeah, I mean, geez, man. Look at that <laughs> clip of what I was saying about AR Fox on Instagram. My goodness, were the marks out for me. Jesus. I mean, God, if you actually listened and paid attention yep. to what I was saying, yep. I said nothing bad about AR Fox. No. Former and the wrestler or the person. I was literally just making a point 
that AEW signs way too many people. But yep. of course, you know, I could, I could, I could preach this and say this so many times. I know. People still go back and still not pay attention to what I said originally. So, hey, good for AR Fox. He got signed. <laughs> Listen, as far as his future and what he's going to do in AEW, I have no freaking clue. Um, he'll probably still stick to doing dark and dark elevation. Maybe he'll pop up here and there on dynamites or rampages randomly, but I don't really expect much from this guy. And again, this is not me burying him. It's just from what I've seen, from what I've observed with AEW signing these guys, it's it's like a Tony Nese signing, you know, like, oh, he's he's just there. He's not really there making any impact. He's not doing anything meaningful or anything that anybody cares about. So it's good that the guy signed and, and he's going to be on the big stage. He's going to be making money. So good for him, but I don't really expect much. Um, as far as Takeshita goes, I actually do like that signing, even though, again, it's another signing. But I feel like they did need a top Japanese star uh, in the company. And this just furthers, you know, the diversity and everything like that. And uh, from the minute this guy walked through the door, instantly like everybody became a fan and this dude is just tremendous 1000 so percent. this guy could be their top japanese star um i think that's a, that's a great thing so uh you know good for him looking forward to seeing a lot more of him on aew again he's another one too i don't really know what you're gonna do with him per se um but nonetheless it's nice to to see like you know some diversity here and there and, and uh you know it definitely makes sense was there another guy you just mentioned that got signed? No, just uh, Takeshita and um, AR Fox. I will say about AR Fox, I agree with everything you said last week. And that's something that we've been saying a lot about AEW. The fact that they just keep them bringing all these uncontracted talent. And not just for like one shots on Dark and Elevation, but like, you know, you're opening the Forbidden Door wide open for constantly bringing New Japan and Impact talent on these shows and it kind of loses like its value and it doesn't feel special anymore when you frequently do it. And then I know what you said last week, you know, AR Fox, amazing talent, but what's the reason he's getting a trios championship match? Like what, what's the purpose of it? Yes. He has picked up wins on dark, but what does that have to do with the trios division? He's never been a tr in a trio with top flight. So, you know, for those people that came at Ryan, it's like, first of all, listen to the show. And then you would hear that nobody was burying A.R. Fox. He's an amazing talent, but just have it make sense. As for Takeshita, Takeshita has Tanahashi, Okada, Abushi vibes ran all over him. He's going to be a big star. And if that means he's going to be a big star in AEW at some point, we'll see what happens, man. But he's young. He's still very young. So I think the future is bright for Takeshita. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, Ball Atlantic Championship too. That's a title that he could probably you know win and bring back to Japan and and uh, you know defend over there and get some more notoriety on that and everything. So yeah, I mean the, the dude has all the potential in the world. Again, he just needs an opportunity. Uh, I, you know, if Tony Khan pushes him, that's great. The sky's the limit for this guy. Mm -hmm. I have no doubts that if he gets the opportunity, he's gonna knock it out of the ballpark. Again, same with AR Fox. If, if he's given opportunities like to win the TNT title or if he's featured on the show, you know, he's a prominent part of the show every week, I have no doubt he's going to knock it out of the park, too. Again, the guy's tremendous. I just, again, with each signing that Tony Khan makes, it's just, I just feel like, you know, it's pushing other people further down the ladder. And I, like I said, I've seen this before. We sign somebody, we get excited, and then, you know, he just spends the rest of his. AEW career on dark and dark elevation and then he'll come in to get a squash here and there yep. and show up randomly and that's it you know so 
right, dude, let's get into the card. So they started a show with, which I called it before the paper even started. I was telling this to Sam. Shout out to Sam, uh, formerly from Lucha Outsiders. Lucha Outsiders alumni. I was telling him, because he asked me, he's like, what do you think they're going to start the show with? And he mentioned the Elite and Death Triangle. I was like, absolutely not. They're going to start with the cage match, all right? Once again, I think it's four out of four, if I'm not mistaken. When it comes to cage matches, they hit it out of the park. AEW knows how to do cage matches right. The excitement level's there. When it comes to spots, they do a great job with it. And Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, to me, in my opinion, they told a great story. And just uh, visually... Seeing Jungle Boy climb up to that cage and hit that elbow on Luchasaurus, chef's kiss, bro. I love this match. Yeah, this was awesome. This was a perfect way to start the show. Um, another great cage match. I really don't get better than this, you know. I mean, they utilize the cage. They use weapons. Jungle Boy was busted over, and you get the finish from the top of the cage. Uh, well, not really, but it was like, you know, the, the, the submission was the finish. But, you know, it led to that, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I really, really enjoyed, uh, you know, the chemistry these two have is great. And, you know, I guess this rivalry is done right now uh, for the time being. I wonder what Christian's injury is and how long he's going to be yep. out for. Because are we ever going to get this Jungle Boy Christian match? Because I think that's obviously has to be the next step in this. But, uh, I mean, if he's still injured, I don't really know how much longer you could put this on hold and, you know, kind of handcuff Jungle Boy. I feel like he should you know, be able to move on and do something else. But I just feel like the, the story obviously is still left to be told uh, with Christian. So I'm curious to see what happens after this. But, yeah, it was awesome. It was great. Jungle Boy is a star. Luchasaurus is great. And uh, this was just an awesome cage match. I need to mention this. You have no clue about what happened during this match with me Uh-oh. and Sam. You're going to love this story. We were watching the match, and I want to say maybe, give or take, um, six, seven, maybe even eight minutes within the match. You know, we were watching the match, and, and Sam and I are talking, you know, talking while watching the match. And he, we were mentioning, I forgot how the conversation started, but we were kind of talking about how someone like X-Pac has evolved with the times and he knows like you know some things that worked in the 90s it's a different time now so you kind of got to evolve with it It might not necessarily work or maybe you have to remix it and just evolve right so this guy that was sitting not directly in front of us but kind of to the side of us he jumped in in our conversation out of nowhere and he just like you know old school never fails you know you just got to make it make sense and so i kind of just looked at the dude and i was just like whatever man and Sam said something back to him, and it wasn't, like, hostile or anything like that, right? And he mentioned something back, and then, you know, me and Sam are just still talking. You know, we're watching the match. So this guy, this guy that that jumped in our conversation, keep in mind, he was, like, an older cat. I want to say, like, he was in his maybe mid, late 50s, give or take. He starts going, like, this is fucking bullshit. Now he's being, like, obnoxious, and he's, like, yelling, like, boo, this booking sucks, this match sucks, and he's trying to start a chant. Now I get pissed. And I'm like, then fucking leave already. I'm like, who comes to a fucking wrestling show? Who pays a ticket and just to be angry at everything? It's the first fucking match. Leave. So he goes like, oh, I paid my hard good money. I'm able to say. I'm like, man, shut the fuck up. Like, don't even say anything. So now people that are around me are getting rowdy. And he's like, yo, shut up. Like, it's the first match. Like, let us enjoy the match. I guess he saw that the people that were around us 
was like kind of like supporting me and was like telling him to shut up because he was just being very loud and rude, right? Like this guy was super miserable during the first match. Now he's like mumbling shit to whoever the guy he was with, right? And he was like just, he was so upset about this match. Like he was just like mumbling shit. He's not as vocal anymore, but he's just mumbling shit to his friend. And I'm like, dude, you're going to give yourself a fucking heart attack. Like, yo, just take a blue chew and relax already. So, so now people are... So now people are laughing around me. You know, he's miserable. And now he just gets a little... He's still vocal, but he's not being as loud. So after the match is over, right? Now I'm like, I'm going to purposely fuck with this guy. So now I'm like, hey, guys. I'm telling like the people that are around us. Like, hey, guys, that was some great booking right there. We're all like singing the Jungle Boy song. Or whatever. That guy ends up talking to some other guy. And he's like, oh, you know, I love that. He's like... Now he's trying to like take a knee and he's like, man, I love this. I love this section that we're in right now. He's like, it's all, he's like, it's all fun and games, bro. All right. Yeah, cool. Whatever. And he said something to Sam and I just completely ignored him. But you know, during the next match, which we're going to talk about now, I could tell that he was like also miserable during that match too. So it seems to me, right. He's like one of these typical like cornet guys that just hates on everything that has to do with like kind of like Lucha or when there's spots involved. Like he hates all that. Like for him, I think he's the type of guy that will probably like to see like Tyrus in like a match. Like he's probably the, he seems like the type of guy that loves that Tyrus is like the NWA world champion. Yeah, I mean, hey, if if he hates all these high spot monkeys and and all these flips and and shit like that, he's a cornet guy. What the hell is he doing? Going right. To that, show right. You gotta know what you're getting yourself into, you know? But this is a classic example of why I can't stand people, bro. And honestly, why I hate going out in public sometimes is because you get these goons like this, especially at shows like this, too. Like, there was actually, um, a, a, I think it was during the tag title match, too. I'm sure you saw this, too, because there was a lot of emotion. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that. Around. Oh, yeah. Really, like, I don't even know if there was uh, punches thrown or anything like that. It just looked like two people arguing. But, I mean, like, my goodness. Like, I could understand even though i don't support this either like you know if you're at a sporting event you know there's there's you know the beers are flowing everybody's drinking you're rooting for uh different teams this and that i can understand why you could get a little out of hand but my goodness bro we're all at a freaking wrestling show for christ's sake like shouldn't we all just enjoy it and have a good time and we're all paid to be there you know like i just don't understand why you would just be miserable the whole entire time i, I don't know man it, just, it never makes sense to me and again it kills your enjoyment too when you see shit like that i mean i'm glad it didn't for you i'm glad you kind of you know took care of it yourself and then you know made light of it and stuff like that but you know it's just freaking annoying when shit like that happens you know well i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get to to that we kind of me and sam kind of got lucked out but we'll, we'll get to there i just don't get it dude Wrestling fans are their own worst enemy, right? And I and we've talked about this in shows past, even when Sam was still on the show. We talked about like proper wrestling fan etiquette, meaning read the fucking room. If you don't like something and you see everyone else enjoying it, just shut the fuck up. It's okay. You don't have to like everything that you watch. But like if you see everyone else having a good time, don't be that asshole. Read the fucking room. Right. Everybody else. It just again, and you know what the card is like going into it. Yeah, I mean, you should know a little bit what to expect. I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's again, I have no words. This is the wrestling community in a nutshell. I mean, that's kind of with everything, not just in wrestling. You get this really everywhere. But uh, you know, the, the wrestling community is very toxic at times. And you know, I, me and you complain about our fair share of wrestling. I mean, that's for sure. Right. But man, like you know, I did go to full gear. 
uh, you know, being all pissed off and upset. I, I was looking forward to the card, and I enjoyed, for the most part, every single match that I watched, you know, and, and it was a good night. Speaking of just enjoying every single match and just enjoying ourselves at the show, this to me was the highlight of the of the night for me. Um, I don't get me wrong, I had so much fun at the pay per view. I thought it was a really really good show, but this to me was the highlight of the show, and that was Death Triangle versus making their return the Elite. And Death Triangle got a nice pop too. You know their entrance was dope. I always enjoy seeing them, especially you know my guy Pentagon. I always love seeing Pentagon, but seeing the Elite return, bro. With um with the with the Kansas song um I can't think of the name right now uh, of the of the song I know it's from the band Camp- yeah the little even interlude before the the music hits and just seeing them come out bro it was it was really hard to explain the the feel and the vibe in that arena like you had to be there to understand what I'm talking about and I'm sure you feel the same way. The energy in that arena when they came out and the pyros going off and just seeing how excited they were to see us, the fans, on just how much excited we were to to see them, I just loved it. Like I posted a I posted a video of them coming out um, yesterday in in my stories, and it it's really hard explaining words how ha- happy I was to see them and just to see how happy they were and. Listen, the match was fantastic. The swerve at the end with Ray Phoenix using the hammer, I thought was fantastic. No one saw it coming because I think 99.9% of the audience and the crowd thought, listen, the Elite are going to take these titles back. But just the fact that gave us that little swerve and then even the story within the swerve where Ray Phoenix was disappointed in, him, in himself that he had to use the hammer, but now we're getting like the best of seven series. I just thought it was amazing all around, and I'm just happy the Elite are back. Yeah, what a moment. What an epic entrance and return. I mean, pure goosebumps during that whole entire thing. The whole entire crowd singing, uh, you know, Carry On Wayward Song. Yep. It was just, I mean, it's it was a magical moment. And, and again, this is another thing, too, where I'm going to go back to what I was talking about before, about how memorable this pay-per-view was. This is another memorable moment in the pay-per-view that everybody will always remember. It's the first time they came out to this song. It looks like they're going to be moving uh, forward you know, yep. using this song. Yep. Um, so it wasn't a one-off, but it's the first night that they're using it. They have their triumphant return after you know all the bullshit that happened uh, with CM Punk. And it was just, you know, yeah, people were so happy to see them. And it was just awesome, man. I mean, the AEW did not feel the same without these three guys. Nope. Uh, but now that they're back, it just it feels like AEW again. And obviously the match delivered. It was a complete banger. Really no surprise there. I mean, everybody knew these, these six men were going to absolutely tear it up. Um, quite shocked at the finish, but I absolutely love it. I really do. I don't think you should have just gave these belts right back to the Elite as soon as they walked through the door. No matter how much I love them. I just feel like that would kind of be a slap in the face to Death Triangle. And really, you know, to them, it'd be like, oh, wow, they really were just paper champs or just keeping these belts warm until they came back. So at least, you know, they retain them here. I love the story with the Ray Phoenix using the hammer after not wanting to use the hammer and uh, feeling guilty about it afterwards. I just I thought the whole thing was, was really well done. And now we're getting the best of seven series, which... I do like the idea. I think it's sick. It's badass. I really will never get tired of, of seeing these six team, uh, these two teams, these six guys uh, wrestle each other. I just hope it's not too much. I, I don't know. I just feel like every match is going to be the same exact thing. I mean, I hope they do something different in each one, but I, I, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how this plays out. It's a 
pretty dope idea. And uh, don't get me wrong, I'm excited for it, but I just hope it doesn't. It's not overkill. You know what I mean? Listen, if there's any six guys that could give us something different in a best of seven series, I think these are the right six guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> also, I, I guess we'll tie this in here with, with with this since we're talking about the elite. How about the fact that t- less than 24 hours later, is it was it less than 20? Yeah, it was less than 24 hours later. Kenny Omega puts out a vignette. Well, New Japan puts out the vignette. You know, I, I forget what show it was after Will Ospreay defend the United States Championship. And Kenny Omega is going to return at Wrestle Kingdom to challenge Will Ospreay Wrestle Kingdom 17, which I called months ago. This is going to happen. Yeah, dude. Unbelievable. I'm so excited for this. I, I kind of like had a feeling it was going to happen too, but I honestly wasn't so sure. Um, and obviously, you know, a match between those two one-on-one was coming based on everything that they've done on social media and uh, what we just saw recently in AEW between them. Uh, but man, seeing Kenny Omega back in New Japan this is going to be just awesome. Uh, I mean, I, it's so funny too because, you know, uh, me and you hung out with, uh, you know, Royal Ramble, yep. Brian and Joe uh, for a little bit. Yep. Shout out to those guys. And we were talking about New Japan. I don't even know how I got off the but you were you were kind of you were just and listen I, I I understand you so like I don't want this to sound like we're we're making fun of you in any way but like you were just like I'm I'm done I'm done with New Japan you were just like I'm done with it it's always the same revolving guys in these top spots I'm done with it right and we were laughing and then within 24 hours later Brian shout out to the Royal Ramble he goes like and as of right now Ryan is resubscribing his New Japan subscription. <laughs> Sure am, sure am. I'm sucked back in for Wrestle Kingdom, that's for sure. Oh, Everything I man. said still stands. You know, it's just right, a right, right. evolving thing. I've seen these matchups 10,000 times. Right. Uh, but, man, like, I am all in on this. I actually, like, might actually stay up for Wrestle Kingdom this year. I don't really know what day of the week it is. I have to go look. Um, I don't even know what time it's on. Probably, like, 2 or 3 a.m. like it always is. But uh, this is a match I definitely will jump out of bed to watch live. No, I'm going to uh, be fired Ospreay up, bro. And Kenny's going to be awesome. Dude, we're going to start off a year with a match of the year candidate. Oh, dude, without a doubt. It's, it's... it's Listen, it's fucking... Already, Mel- yeah, Meltzer's going to... Meltzer's going to watch this fucking match and he might have a heart attack. Oh my God, dude. His, his, his <laughs> pants are going to be so wet, you know what I mean? They're going to be trenched. I mean, hey, mine, mine probably will too, so I can't really complain. I mean, uh, <laughs> make fun of him too much. But yeah, dude, this is gonna be awesome. This oh. is this is a literally like a, a Kenny Okada match written all One thousand percent, one thousand percent, bro. I know sometimes we criticize New Japan. You know, we criticize all these promotions too when when it's like something's just kind of lacking or it just feels like it's a bit stale. But like when New Japan does shit right, they fucking do a shit right. I remember a couple months ago, like that morning after Dominion, I was on the show all fired up with only like two hours of sleep. Oh yeah, dude. Well, yeah, like you said, when when they when they do it right, they it's it's, it's a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just uh, and I want it to be good. I want to have that same feeling again. But uh, you know, I again things like this bringing Kenny Omega back. This is how it's gonna bring me back into the fold too. You know, and, and right. seeing some new things, get some AEW guys to go over there and mix mm-hmm. it up with some of the talent that they got over there. I mean, you know, we saw the New Japan talent come here, so now I think it's time for some AEW talent in Japan. Um. So, yeah, dude, I can't wait. I'm so fired up for this. It's, it's going to be awesome. And, and also, shout-outs to, how about Kyrie Sane winning the, uh, yeah. you know, the uh, women's, the stardom championship. Yep, the, I, the IW, yep, 
yep. featured on New Japan shows, which I think is a great thing. Uh, I think at the Tokyo Dome, she's defending the title yeah. again, too. So, uh, Ky- uh, Kyrie Sane, yeah. Kyrie Sane won the IWGP Women's Championship, and if you look at the title, it kind of has like an old school feel to the to one of the old school IWGP championships. So, you know, congrats to her, and yeah, we're gonna see some women at Wrestle Kingdom, and rightfully so. You know, I think it's about time because Wrestle Kingdom is, in many ways, the the adjacent version of WrestleMania, but in for Japan, right? And let's let's showcase some women. Why not? Yeah, I think in the past couple of years they were featuring some women on the yep. uh, on the pre-show. Yep. Yep. Uh, but I don't think it was like televised or anything like that because of like TV deals or TV rights or something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean the strides that they made has been excellent, and now they have basically their own championship. I don't know if it is it a New Japan belt or is it a Stardom belt? I'm it's, a little it's it's that. it's a New Japan belt that's gonna because you know this. Uh, the people that own New Japan also own Stardom now, so it's the same parent company. Yeah, okay. So it's a yep. New Japan belt, but it's going to be defended in Stardom and New Japan. Very cool, man. Very cool, and and it'll get some some eyes on people, you know, like uh, like a Tam Nakano, who I, I think is the one uh, competing for the championship. Yep. Uh, but also too, like it just makes sense to put the belt on Kyrie, somebody who people know and recognize, obviously from her days at WWE. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing some of these ladies on, on a New Japan show. It's, it's going to be a nice, uh, you know, just nice split, nice balance, uh, you know. So, nice I'll, I'll, to put on the show. so I'm laughing a little bit because I'm going to, just to fuck with you, I'm going to just ask you this to just to get you a little bit fired up. But what's the over or under on how soon we see Kyrie say show up at Dynamite? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, apparently, wasn't that a rumor at one point? Because Kenny Omega said yeah, he like, yeah. really liked her or something. Yep. And obviously, you know, Kenny, I don't know if he's got his hand too much into the women's division nowadays mm-hmm. like he used to. Right. Um, but obviously, he, he, he knows a lot of the Japanese women, and uh, I'm sure he's friends with Kyrie. So, yeah, I mean, hey, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him mm-hmm. or, or Tony to bring her in. I think, uh, you know, it would make sense. We'll see another another non-contracted AEW talent with another belt. Uh, yeah, well, honestly, you know what? In the women's division, <laughs> if, they, if they bring in more women, I'm all right with that. I think they could benefit from more right. women's signs, okay. uh, even though there's quite a, there's a lot already on the right, roster. Right, right. But I'm not so upset if they bring a, in a, a woman um, to, to sign them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, another belt to bring into the mix, that's just going to confuse the audience even more than they probably are already confused. So. Speaking of the women's division and belts, all right, the next match was Jay Cargill defending the TBS championship against Nyla, who was holding the title, holding the physical title. Is there anything you want to say about this? Uh, considering I was taking a piss during this and, uh, you know, walking around just to, to waste time until I heard the bell. Can't really say I uh, have anything to add to this. I do do have another story for you um, that happened during this match. But before I tell you the story, I do want to throw this out there. It's not the town's fault, all right? I feel bad for Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose because it's not the town's fault. They stuck a 24-7 championship-type storyline when it came to the TBS championship, which is fucking idiotic to me. And now they're, they're doing this work with Bow Wow, which is like, why are you doing this to Jade Cargill? Jade Cargill has star written all over her. Who gives a shit about Bow Wow? Nobody gives a fuck about him. Listen, he's always been a cornball when he was a kid to now that he's an adult. Who cares about fucking Bow Wow? It's like, oh, why are we doing this? I just don't get it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's to get some eyes, you know, from a mainstream audience onto Dynamite, I guess. Uh, but no wrestling fan, no AEW fan cares about this whatsoever. Uh, this is just, you know, Tony trying to, you know, I guess get some more eyeballs on the product. I mean, WWE does this shit too, so I understand it. But, but uh, Bow Wow, yeah, really? Dude, I, could, I could care less. Listen, so, I I actually commented on AEW's post when they did like the whole Bow Wow and Jay Cargill graphic. We didn't need Bow Wow Fast and the Furious series. We don't need them in AEW either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're 100 right on that. Okay, so I I do want to throw this story out there. So during this time, during pretty much after the the trios championship match, my boy Carlos hit me up and he sent me a picture of uh where he was sitting at i didn't know he was there and i was like oh shit you're here and i haven't seen him in in months actually no even longer than that i haven't seen him in a while and i was like holy shit you're here i was like yo let's catch up after the show so then he's like he's with my he's with my other boy muhammad so then muhammad sends me a dm and he goes like dude i'm here i was like listen i have two extra seats in my row and he's like technically you'll be closer than what you're sitting at now unless you you're perfectly fine with your seats so i tell sam i'm like bro do you want to you know, you want to switch uh, over. And pl- plus, we have the situation with the old man, the old disgruntled fucking cornet guy. I'm going to call him the cornet guy because that's what it reminded me of. You know, fucking barking and just miserable with everything. So I was like, you know, this is going to lead ugly. Do you want to, like, kind of just move to these other seats? And he goes like, yeah, why not? So we ended up going to the other side of the of the building, and there were closer, closer seats. And we were actually sitting... Next, so we were in the same section with like Dave LeGrec uh, and all the busted open people. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, so they were definitely a little bit closer, and yeah, just being there for the most part, everyone was cool in our section, so I didn't have to deal with you know some fucking disgruntled cornet type guy just you know complaining about everything. So that happened during that match, so I missed everything that happened in the Jay Cargill uh, Nyla Rose match. Let me tell you, Mario, you always squeak your way into these, like, crazy scenarios and, and, and you know, sit with, with LaGreca and all that stuff. You always end up, uh, after GCW shows, bowling with talent and, and, and celebrating birthdays with talent and whatever the heck you do. So, you know, I'm pretty excited to spend the weekend in Boston for Survivor Series with you. And, and honestly, you lead the way. I will just follow your lead because I don't know where the hell we're going to end up. Listen, listen, Ryan, I'm just a talker. That's what I do. (laughs) Well, listen, remember, don't you, dude, don't you remember during fucking uh, Homecoming with Matt Cardona and fucking Nick Gage? I'm like, dude, we're going to go to the front. (laughs) And you just follow me to the front, remember? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you brought me into the front. I almost got glass in my eyes. It was a fantastic experience. (laughs) We'll see what happened to Survivor Series. I'm not going to make any promises, but you never know what could happen. Okay? Okay, let's talk about this next match, which I'm going to tell you right now. This was my my second favorite match of the night, and that was this Fatal 4 for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Chris Jericho, Sammy G, Claudio, and Brian. This match, amazing, amazing. If it wasn't for Death Triangle and the Elite... This probably would have been my favorite match of the night. This match was just incredible, bro. The fact that Sammy G had so much heat throughout the whole match, and the only point where they started cheering for him was when he turned on Jericho. (laughs) Dude, I love this match so much. And listen, the reign of the Ocho continues. So Chris Jericho retains, right? And not that the crowd was deflated. There was some, you know, there was a, a lot of Jericho fans, but... 
I guess some some parts of the audience wanted a new champion, maybe a Brian, okay? And I got up and was trolling our whole section. I was like, yes, the reign of the Ocho continues. And Sam is just sitting there looking miserable. And I'm like, that's the greatest Ring of Honor world champion of all time right there. That's my champion. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. It shows a lot of angry people there because, yeah, I mean, hey, Jericho's doing the best work of, of his career. Well, I feel like we always say this. He's doing the best work right. of his career. But he really freaking is. You yeah, know? man. Very clean, very clean. I you, you can't argue because the match was just incredible, man. And shout out to all four guys. And listen, uh, this TV deal or or streaming deal, I I'm one thousand percent think that it's gonna happen at Final Battle. At some point, I think they're gonna make the announcement at Final Battle. They have to. I don't see them not doing it at Final Battle. Yeah, uh, Tony was asked uh, at the meetings yep. about worrying about a TV and the deals and everything like that. Somebody asked them if he would just create, like, a YouTube show for Ring of Honor. And he said straight up, he's like, nah, it deserves better than that. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I could appreciate that. I could definitely agree with that. Because if you're going to buy the company right. just to throw it on YouTube, uh, I mean, what's, what's the freaking point? So, yeah, I hope... Uh, I'm sure Tony's got something up his, up his sleeve, so we'll see what happens at Final Battle and, and into the new year. Yeah. So the next match we had, Soraya versus Britt Baker. Um, I know there was a lot of, not criticism, but a lot of people tell by being there live that the, the crowd wasn't as into it as other people were. They were like in other matches, but I just feel like they were a little bit deflated after just being so excited and just being so vocal during that Fatal 4-Way. And now you have Soraya and Britt, and they wrestled a very safe style match. 
And rightfully so. It was Soraya, 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 whatever. It was her first match back after five years, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or even longer than that. Who knows? It's not like she retired just for the sake of retiring. No, she was injured. She was hurt, and she couldn't wrestle. And shout-outs to Britt Baker, too, because, you know, she was leading most of that match. You could tell, and I know some people were criticizing the match, and I didn't see no problem with it. I mean, was did they do anything crazy? No, but... Soraya's going to get there. She's going to get there at some point. I know Punk is not the most popular person to talk about now, but even, fat, you know, rewind back to a year ago when Punk had his first match with Darby Allen. I know some people were saying, like, oh, see, Punk looks slow. He doesn't look too good. But then he got a couple matches in, and guess what? He kind of started looking like the CM Punk of old. So Soraya's going to get there. You just got to give her time. But uh, for what the match was, I enjoyed it. Yeah, they definitely wrestled a safe-style match. Um but I'll be honest, I really didn't like this match. I was pretty disappointed, very underwhelmed. I just expected a lot more, and maybe that's on me. Listen, I understand. Soraya hasn't wrestled in five years. She's coming off a career-ending injury, all right? Mm -hmm. uh, she's just getting back into the thick of things. She was definitely a little rusty, and yep. I can definitely see that from where I was sitting. Uh, and she just, I don't know. I, the words you used was perfect. They wrestled a safe match. Mm -hmm. And again, nothing wrong with that. But to me, it didn't do much for me. I found myself on, on my phone a lot uh, during this. Just not memorable in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Soraya gets the win. It doesn't even matter. You know, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, I, I, Britt needs to win this match. It doesn't really matter. It didn't matter who won. I mean, you know, it's, it, 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 it doesn't mean anything. It was for no championship. Um, you know, it's really not a shock that Soraya ended up going over. But yeah, for the most part, this was pretty pretty disappointing. So I'm not gonna jump off the, the Soraya bandwagon or anything like that. You know, like I'm gonna give her some time. Again, I understand she's a little rusty. She hasn't been in there for a while. But yeah, this this match really did uh, do it for me. Yeah, we'll we'll see how um, Soraya continues to progress. I'm I'm in the mindset that you know you just gotta give her a couple more matches and she'll get the swing of things once again. It's just gonna take some time, but um. You know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with her. All right. See, we got the triple threat match for, for the TNT Championship. Uh, Warlow defending that title against Powerhouse Hobbs and Samoa Joe. This one caught me by surprise, man. I did not think Joe was going to win. I really thought Warlow was going to retain. And just seeing now Joe as a double champion, fuck it. Why not? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Listen, anytime Samoa Joe holds gold, I'm, I'm not going to be angry about it. But it did catch me by surprise. I'm just really curious now. What do you do with Warlow? Yeah, I don't know. What a terrible, terrible TNT title run for Warlow. <laughs> Not his fault by any means, but my goodness, man. This, this shit was awful. I mean, this guy was the hottest thing going in the springtime. Yep. And they put the TNT belt on him after, you know, he earned his contract yep. with the MJF. Yep. And my goodness, it was a complete failure. It was a complete disaster. <laughs> I, I don't even know how many times he defended his belt, but there was not one memorable title defense. Uh, I mean, dude, I don't, I'm glad they took the belt off of him. And again, it's not even a knock at him. Uh, of course, people listening to some... It's the booking. The it's point, the booking. You know, uh, that's what everybody does. They don't, they don't pay attention to actually what I'm saying. But mm -hmm. this was just awful. So I hope Samoa Joe does something with it. Even though, again, like, like you said, I'm never going to complain about Samoa Joe holding gold. However, he already is holding gold, so if they were going to take it off Wardlow, I think I would have given it to Powerhouse Hobbs, but I'm not going to complain too much. Let's see what Joe does with this, and 
uh, yeah, it was definitely, this was probably the, the most shocking, one of the most shocking, uh, you know, uh, title wins and, and outcomes uh, of the night. So I'm going to throw this at you, and I have no reason to believe this is going to happen, but it's just something that came across my mind. Is there any chance that the reason they put the title on Joe is because he's going to unify both titles? Because, I mean, technically, Ring of Honor doesn't have TV, so why is there a TV championship? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I was hoping they get a TV. Uh, in that case, I hope not, you know. I mean, they, they, I wouldn't think so. Um, I don't really know that if that would make sense, but weirder things have happened for sure. Uh, but, mm-hmm. hey, if that's the case, then, yeah, then it makes sense as to why he won the belt. But I'm hoping they get TV, so I'm hoping that's not the case. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, you know. Seeing Joe hold another piece of gold, why not? Why not? Fuck it, right? All right, uh, let's see. All right, you're going to fucking shit on me because of this, but I have I have no problem. I'm going to own up to it. I really enjoy this match. Sting and Darby versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. And let me tell you something. The levels I popped to see Jeff Jarrett's entrance, <laughs> I, I was losing my mind during Jeff Jarrett's entrance. Just hearing the theme song, the pyro going off. I was all for it, 1,000%. I was team TNAEW during this match. And unfortunately, they took the L. <laughs> yeah, listen, I appreciate uh, you know the creativity in this. You know, like Tony's done this in the past where he's like announced the match on paper on paper doesn't really do it for me right mm-hmm. but he adds uh you know the brawling outside the ring into the crowd backstage to the mix which definitely gets me into the match and right. more excited about it and uh you know classic sting jumping off <laughs> so good so barricade, good barricade the rail whatever it is um you know diving on to to lethal um it was it was awesome the, the brawl all around the crowd was fun uh, at one point, Darby went up on a ladder on the stage yep. and then tried to do the coffin drop and then Simon Singh called him and stuff like that. It was definitely entertaining, um, you know, for the most part. It actually, like, didn't really overstay its welcome either. It was it was fine for what it was. Mm-hmm. I just hope this is not a uh, continuation of, you know, I just hope we don't see Jeff Jarrett on pay-per-view all the freaking time. You know, Sting is one thing, but I don't even see a Jeff Jarrett match on every single AEW pay-per-view moving forward. So it was fine for what it was. Listen, give me a Jeff Jarrett appearance at least once a month just to hear his theme song and I'll be happy. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, once a month, I can deal with that. Okay, just give me that. Just to hear his theme song, I'll be fucking happy. I just love his theme song so much. This um, this next match I want to talk about is probably my third favorite match of the night, and that was Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. Man, that crowd, just like in Chicago for All Out, well, Chicago with Jason, it wasn't really in Chicago, but you know what I mean. Wanted Jamie Hayter. They wanted Jamie Hayter 1,000%. And I don't know if you noticed this in your section, but I started noticing the people around me during Jamie Hayter's theme, like when, you know, she's coming out and stuff, and even after the match, people started, like, fist pump for her because it has, like, a nice little house beat to it. So I don't know if this is becoming a thing, but they're doing it for her, for her every time she comes out. And even when she was, like, after, you know, 
she eventually w- wins the title. You know, so there are some people in my crowd in the in the section I was at that were you know fist pumping, and it kind of makes sense with like the tempo of her theme song. But nonetheless, I thought this match was really really good. Um, there was some interference by uh, Rebel and Britt Baker. I could have done without that, but other than that, I thought this match was really really good, and I'm so happy they capitalized on Jamie on Jamie's momentum. They finally are capitalizing on people's momentum when it's there. You know what I'm saying? I do feel a little bit bad for Tony Storm because I feel like with Tony, it was like poor timing with her, um, her getting the interim title and. You know, she's been a great champion. It's not that she hasn't been a good champion. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just with the whole Thunder Rosa stuff. And, you know, when Jamie was hot, people were kind of like over Tony. So, like, I feel bad, bad for Tony, but I'm just happy for Jamie. Yeah, I mean, these two absolutely freaking tore it up. This was a great match. Um, perfect, perfect women's title match. And, you know, compared to the other two, the crowd was actually in their seats into this match, you know? Yep. Everybody was into Jamie. Uh, she is so over. She's been over for quite some time now. But, um, you know, and, and people just want her to win so badly. And, like, I was one of those people where it's like, well, there's no way she's winning. Like, I, I mean, should she win? Yeah, because, like, obviously, like, capitalize on this. But, again, I thought it was the same thing, like, all over again. Like, what it was in Chicago, like you mentioned, with the acclaimed and swerving our glory. But everybody wants it. Um, you know, the acclaim to go over, but it was never never going to happen. I thought the same thing here. I was like, Tony just won the belt at the previous pay-per-view. Uh, you know, her and Thunder Rosa has got to be the match eventually. They're not taking this belt off of Tony, but I'm so glad they did. And I love Tony. Uh, she's fantastic. One of my favorites. Yep, I love her they too. They needed to capitalize on how over Jamie Hayter was. The crowd wanted her to win, and they got exactly what they wanted. And it was an awesome moment. And it was very unexpected to me because, like I said, I just did not see this coming. I did not think Tony was actually going to pull the trigger. I'm glad he did. Um, and, you know, yeah, I think it's just uh, wrong place at the wrong time for Tony with all the bullshit with the I mean, Thunder Rosa getting hurt, this interim crap. And, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, organically, uh, Jamie Hayter caught fire and people were just over Tony. Like, they just didn't care about her. Um, you know, I know her and Jamie are really good friends, though, so I'm sure she had no problem putting Jamie over um, in that sense. And, you know, Tony seems very high on Tony Storm still, too. So I hope this is not the last we see of her in the women's title picture. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, like you said, it was just uh, the wrong timing. And let me let me just say this right now, too. As much as I love Thunder Rosa and this interim bullshit, okay? I agree. coming back. Yeah, I agree one thousand percent. I love Thunder Rosa, but it kind of it kind of leads me to something else that I wanted. Um, I don't I don't think you've, uh, I even told you this, but like after the show was over, right, and um, I'm driving back home, I had the scrum, and some idiot. 
I don't know what journalist asked this, but like it, it pissed me off because it's like it's simple, right? And 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 listen, the interim the interim championship should be like a thing for like a certain amount of time. But this idiot asked like, so so Tony, so since Jamie Hayter's like the interim championship, is she is she still considered like a women's championship? Is still she considered a world, a world champion? Like what's the situation with the championship? It's simple, idiot. There's a women's champion that's still held by Thunder Rosa. And she's an interim champion. So let's say if Jamie Hayter, let's say a couple of months from now, she becomes the women's champion, right? The, the world women's champion. She'll be a one-time women's world champion, and she'll be a one-time interim world women's champion. It's very simple. It's not that hard to figure out. But it's just like, why would you ask a dumb question like that? Well, let me tell you. So I had floor seats for this show. So after the show, instead of like going up to exit, like going up the stairs to the the concourse level you know i exited from one of the uh you know exits on the floor and as we're like walking out we're like waiting we called my uber and everything but it's freaking cold out there so i'm waiting inside and i can see like where like the room where the media scrum is uh where we were standing oh you should have you should have you should have you should have just shot your shot bro you should have went in there yeah yeah i was was thinking about it (laughs) let me tell you Hey. was just mind-blowing to me. I mean, I, obviously, there was no, like, Dave Meltzer's or anything like that. Right. I did see, uh, like, you know, Denise Salcedo's and Will Washington's, Nick Hausman's. Yep. All the, uh, besides them, like, there was so many freaking geeks, man. I'm just standing there. I'm like, how the hell are these people even credentialed? So it doesn't shock me that people ask stupid questions. I actually I have to go back and watch the, the full scrum still, but, man, oh, man, I don't know. Some of these people are just pure idiots, and I just don't really understand mm-hmm. how they're in the but nonetheless, I'm happy for Jamie, and yeah, Tony needs to make a, de- a decision soon about this whole women's title situation. And I think he did address it on the on the on the post uh, show scrum where he said, like, you know, I'm trying to give Thunder Rosa every opportunity to make her return and defend the championship, but it's gonna come to a point where he's gonna have to make a decision. I hope he really means when he says that, and he's just not talking out of his ass. Cause like, let me tell you something. I like Tony. I'm not one of these idiots that just shits on Tony and just like, fuck Tony, he's a piece of garbage. I'm not one of these people. Because I know a lot of people, especially with what happened at All Out, a lot of people have turned their back on Tony and it's like, fuck Tony Khan and fuck AEW. I'm not one of these individuals. But you know what Tony's great at doing? Just giving you, just running around in circles when he gets asked questions. Yo. I love Tony to oh, death. Yeah. I love Tony. But when they asked him about Ring of Honor, this guy went on a tirade for like 15 minutes and didn't even answer the question. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, I actually lied. I did see a little bit of media scrum. I did see a little bit of media scrum, but not the whole entire thing. When I got back to my buddy's apartment after the show, we threw it on too. And yeah, that question about, um, it was I think it was about Ring of Honor. <laughs> or like, and then there was one question about like, pay-per-view buys. And bro, he's going on a tirade about something that's totally irrelevant to what the actual question even was. Uh, yeah, he, he loves just just talking. He, he just loves talking. <laughs> I love Tony too, but man, oh man, sometimes I actually can't listen to some of these interviews and press conferences because he just talks about a whole lot of nothing. Oh my god, man. Poor guy. Poor fucking guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, man. 
this is unfortunate, what I'm going to say about this next match. So we have the Acclaim versus Swerve in Our Glory, part three, part tress for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. And man, if things could have get worse for this match, let me tell you. First of all, it was going to be very, very hard for these four men to top what happened at All Out. Okay, their match at All Out was a perfect match. It was a perfect crowd. The crowd was super invested in everything they did in the ring. And it just didn't feel that way from the beginning this match started. Yes, people were hyped for the Acclaim's entrance and for his um for uh, Max Ca- Caster's extended freestyle. People were into that. But once the bell rang, for me, and I could be wrong here. Maybe you have your own opinion about it. But for me, just hearing and seeing the crowd's interest, it didn't seem like it was quite there. So I want to say roughly maybe 8-10 minutes within in the match. Maybe even a little bit less than that. I start hearing some, some, some you know, a side of the, of the arena loud. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I look and I see these two guys. One guy is just yelling at this one dude. And, and it's, it's getting crazy. Things start escalating, okay? And little by little, I just see the whole arena's attention. The little attention they had on this match directly went to like the right side of me and everybody was glued to the shenanigans and i instantly started getting flashbacks of forbidden door and what i mean by that was during john Moxley and tanahashi in the main event there was a fight that broke out in the in the in the arena the only difference was yeah it was the main event but the second john moxley noticed that nobody was paying attention to what was happening in the ring my man put tanahashi in a headlock and just slayed there okay that was the only difference I think what ended up happening in the crowd hurt this match even more. But even if it didn't happen, I feel like it wasn't going to top their first encounter. And, you know, the second encounter was good, but it wasn't even close to their first one. I don't even think this match was going to top their second encounter. I just think people, people while they're invested, they, they love the acclaim. Everyone loves the acclaim. They, they were kind of, they're just over this feud. Options there, so 
Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, by the way, we didn't see FTR in the show, so that that's very telling. Shock. Okay. What else? Yeah. Uh huh. That's it's ridiculous. I, I don't understand. The, you have the 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 number one tag team in the world, arguably, because you know people will make the arguments for like the Usos. But in my opinion, you have the the number one tag team on your roster yet. They're not on full gear, and I'm sure they're gonna appear on Final Battle because they are the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. But on full gear, which who they are technically signed to AEW, um, yeah, no, no FTR. So just it's, wanna. It's, it's funny though because uh, well, not supposed to be this drop, but I think it was in like the media call that was like earlier this week with Tony Khan. Somebody asked about FTR, and he's like, "Yeah, I would love to get them more involved, blah blah blah, this and that." And um, you know, I guess somebody clipped it or something, or somebody like uh, quote tweeted the, that quote on Twitter. Somebody said, well, if only this, this man actually booked the shows, you know? If he's the one saying he'd love to get them more involved, I mean, you book the freaking shows to get them more involved. Like, right. I, I don't understand, you know? I understand they're, like, Ring of Honor champs and IWGP champs, too, but you used not to feature them on your show. Yeah. Yeah, it's so fucking strange. All right, dude, let's um, talk about the main event. We have John Moxley defending the World Championship against MJF Maxwell Jacob Freeman. I don't even know where to start, but uh, Max MJF came out amazing ovation by for from the newer crowd. Okay, I think ninety nine point nine percent of the crowd wanted wanted to see this moment MJF to win the title. Uh, John Moxley came out to a mixed reaction, but as the match progressed, the tri-state area, being the tri-state area as they are, decided to chant "fuck you, Moxley." Started booing Moxley, and it's like. Listen, I get it. We're all here to see MJF get this moment. But, like, do we really need to say fuck you, Moxley? This is the guy that fucking put the company on his back when all the shenanigans happened at All Out. This is the same guy that postponed his vacation, okay, when everything happened, right? It's like, come on, man. Like, I just don't get it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But then here's the funny part about it, right? So, like, you know, the match happens, boom, we get everything that happened, which we're going to talk about right now. You know, MJF wins, you know, new champion, blah, blah, blah. And then, the you know, the, the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club come out, you know, to, like, help Moxley up. And now all the crowd is saying, thank you, Mox. Like, you ungrateful pieces of fucking garbage. You hypocritical pieces of shit. How dare you boo this man? And then after... He drops the title to MJF. Now you want to say thank you, Mox. You guys could all go fuck yourselves, okay? Dude, uh, I'm 100% in agreement with you, and I think it's absolutely freaking ridiculous. Um, I was rooting for MJF hard, uh, like really hard, and I wanted to see him win this win his belt more than anything. But man, oh man, if you think I'm booing Mox for chanting fuck you, Mox, yeah, you got another thing coming. Like, dude, I would never chant that. I mean, listen, whether people like meant it or not, it's still kind of goofy do because it's like yeah i mean this dude literally has put the company on his back this dude is literally the face of the company this dude has literally been there time and time again every single time cm punk's gone down with an injury this man was right here to you know take back this championship and 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 make it one of the most important belts in wrestling and put the company on his freaking back as soon as he was about to go on a freaking vacation and here people are booing him and saying fuck you and listen i'm sure mox loves this tell he was eating right up, okay by his reaction he's flipping the birds with the crowd uh throughout you know the match as well so he loves it i'm sure but mm-hmm. at the same same time it just it bothers me and obviously it bothers you too to show like blatant disrespect like that to a guy who's literally busted his freaking ass 
for this company. And obviously now he's hopefully going to enjoy a nice vacation because I think he deserves it. Um, but yeah, I mean, then after the show, people are giving him a standing ovation. Like, I don't know, man. Oh, wrestling fans are fickle, dude. They really are. It's, it's just, yeah. just the way it is. I don't really get it. I don't get it either. And listen, I'm a, I'm a big Moxley guy, okay? I, I love Moxley to fucking death. I, ha- I bought his book. Excellent read. And I don't know. I just... I maybe because... Just because, like... Oh, I'll give you a perfect example, right? I was so happy to see the Elite return, okay? I'm a big fan of the Elite. Listen, I, I told you... I told you, Brian, and Joe, when we were all hanging out, you know, during the the, the zero hour hour shit, you know, pre-show, I told you, like, I have all the intentions in the world to to be in Pentagon gear, okay? You know, don't know, I'm a, you know, I like to be Pentagon, right? And um, the second they announced the Elite, I was like, you know what, that's not happening, okay? (laughs) I'm going to be decked out in Elite gear. I had my Young Bucks jacket, I had my Kenny Omega shirt, because I was just so happy to see them back. That doesn't mean I'm going to fucking boo Death Triangle and say, fuck you, Lucha Brothers, or fuck you, Bach. No, I love all these guys, but this is, it's just... I think wrestling fans sometimes just take it to another level too far. And it's like, you ungrateful pieces of garbage. Like, this guy, listen, this guy bled and shed tears for AEW when AEW needed a fucking leader. He was there not once, but twice. Do we forget when CM Punk got hurt when he first won the title back at Double or Nothing? Who came to the fucking rescue? Moxley. Moxley is Mr. AEW. One thousand percent. I don't understand why you would ever boo him, but um, whatever. Besides the fact uh, of that, I'm really glad that MJF obviously went over. This was just a no-brainer, in my opinion. I I was sold on him going over from the start. I said there's no way he's possibly going to lose this. But the whole, the big question behind it was how is he going to win this match? And I think um, a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month ago at this point, you did ask me on this show how I think MJF is going to win, and I actually said he's going to win clean. He's going to, uh, you know, prove Regal, you know, wrong. Yep. But obviously that was way too obvious, and then as, you know, we were creeping up to the show, I was, the more and more I thought about it, I was like, I think Regal actually may turn, but like, I don't really know, like, if that's the right decision. I don't I don't really know if he should turn on the, on the Blackpool Combat Club just yet, but that's exactly what we got, and actually, we don't even know. We don't even know, I should say, because Dynamite hasn't happened yet. We don't know yep. if he going to be with MJF, or if he just, I don't know, has some sort of issue with Mox, yep. I don't know, we're going to find out tomorrow night, but that moment where he slips in the nuts, dude, that whole crowd, you were just like, whoa, whoa. like, oh shit, right. you know, I, you know I, even though it was a little obvious, it was still really shocking, um, and it was, a, it was a great moment, and a perfect way for MJF to steal the title, and now, the reign of MJF, uh, you know, begins, and it, it had already begun at the yeah. Yep, he cut it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, him as world champ is going to be appointment television now. Uh, so every Wednesday night, uh, I can't wait. Listen, I'm happy MJF is world champion, okay? We're in the era of MJF, but this is what I will say. I don't need to see MJF and William Regal be a pairing. I do not yeah, want to see I- that. 
I want this to be more of William Regal just turning on the Blackpool Combat Club, meaning John Moxley, than MJF and William Regal being a thing. I, I don't want to see that. MJF is too good at what he does on the microphone for him to have a manager. Or, I don't know, I, I just don't want to see it. And listen, maybe that's the route they're going to go, and maybe I get proven wrong. I don't fucking know. But just seeing how great MJF is... I just don't I just don't think he needs a manager, man. I really don't. Listen, we tried two different stables with MJF and I think the the pinnacle could have been something, but you know, they they cut the legs on, off of that too soon. And then the firm, to me, it never really quite got going to begin with, at least with MJF. So I really don't want to see Regal and MJF to be a pairing, but we'll see what happens tomorrow, bro. Yeah. Yes. Like he still does the yep. talking, but he has Paul Heyman with him, and Heyman cuts promos here and there. So if they want to do something like that, okay. But at the same time, I think the idea of him just helping MJF because he wanted to turn on the Blackpool Combat Club and not, you know, joining forces with MJF, I think that should be the way, um, you know, this whole entire thing plays out. And I'm pretty confident that it, it is going to end up that way because as, as cool as, as the thought of MJF. William Regal is, I don't know, something about it just, in my mind, just doesn't really seem right. And I think MJF should be completely on his own. He has obviously no problem cutting promos on his own. So, uh, yeah, just let it be for what it is. So, yeah, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. But, uh, man, like, you know, what I was talking about in the beginning of the show when I was talking about the elite being back and how without them, AEW didn't feel like AEW. But, man, now seeing them back, in, you have MJF as the world champ. Jamie Hayter as the women's champ. Yep. Uh, I mean, Joe with the TNT title. You have the acclaim with the tag titles. You have Jade with the TBS. Everything feels so fresh. Like, yes. for the first time in a long time, there aren't, like, former WWE guys as champions of nope. this company. It's basically all guys that, like, guys and girls who have been in AEW either from the start or just, like, only in AEW, mm -hmm. you know? So... I love it. It feels fresh. I'm excited for Dynamite, and I just hope they can ride this momentum moving forward and, uh, you know, get this company back to where it was because we mentioned in the past it's it's a cold product. It's still good. It's a little cold, but I think full gear was exactly what they needed to get, get on track. So. No, I agree. It was a great show. And just for comedic purposes, I want to throw this in there because, you know, some peckerhead's going to listen to us and be like, well, Samoa Joe used to be in the WWE. <laughs> yeah, true. I forgot. Silly old me, I forgot. Yeah. Well, listen, he used to be in the WWE, but, uh, you know, his run there was absolutely abysmal. So, okay, right. fine. We have one guy. But, but you know what, Samoa Joe, to me, is still not a WWE guy because he came from Ring of Honor and TNA and the Independence, all right? TNA guy. Yeah, he does not. That's that's so funny when these like when th these people like to crap on everything that AEW does. Like, oh, you keep on bringing all these, you know, ex WWE guys. Listen to me, Samoa Joe is not a WWE guy. Adam Cole to me is not a WWE guy. Yes, they were in the WWE. Yes, they had a run. But just because they used to be in WWE doesn't necessarily mean they're WWE guys. So so when guys like Brian and Seth Rollins and and all the and AJ Styles when they went to to WWE, right? Where people saying like, hey, you keep on bringing all these TNA and Ring of Honor guys. Right, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I always hated that too because it's like WWE uses people from 
lot of different companies. Exactly. Look how many guys they brought in from TNA back. Bobby Roode, they use Kyle. Yeah. Pretty much everybody. Eric Young, they brought in legit mm-hmm. everybody. So, listen, it, it's a stupid thing. Uh, you know, Samoa Joe. Okay, so I guess my, my point is not it's not completely moot, but, you know, he's the only one, right. I guess you could say, that was a WWE that is a champion. Um, and if only Powerhouse Hobbs had that belt, man, perfect <laughs> all across the board. Right. Even still, I love this current set of man. champions. Is Me my too. Point. Yep. It feels different. It, it feels like an alternative now. I agree. When, you know, so, uh, yep. yeah, I, I couldn't be more, more happy with it. And let's see what they do moving forward. I just want this one last thing before we wrap up. I did pop during the Sting and Darby versus Jared and Jay Lethal match. When Sting and Jared faced off, there was a TNA chant. <laughs> I popped oh, so yeah. much. Oh, that, was, that was beautiful, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, there, there had to be a TNA chant throughout that match at some point. I, um, I was... Uh, I was I was telling um, I was telling Sam and, and my buddies uh, Muhammad and Carlos when that happened. I was like, listen, if Impact Wrestling smart, they would retweet this clip, and we were like, listen, we're making an impact all across the wrestling world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so, you know, Impact has a tendency to do that when like you know something big happens from one of their former wrestlers, they'll like tweet out a clip like, here's AJ Styles winning the TNA Heavyweight Championship in 2009. So I'm surprised they haven't like, or maybe they did. I don't know. Right, bro. I think that's it, man. We covered full gear. This is a, a you know quick episode. It was a good show, great show, and now we have another show coming up this weekend, bro. That we're both gonna attend to. Yeah, dude. Looking forward to uh, Survivor Series War Games. Gonna be freaking awesome. Uh, the card looks great, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, obviously, we'll be there uh, together attending. So, uh, no show uh, this week, but maybe next week we'll do another you know uh, recap episode. We'll do uh, you know a Survivor Series recap or something like that. But uh, yeah, really looking forward to this weekend. Back-to-back weekends of, uh, of wrestling pay-per-views, man. You gotta love it. Yeah, bro. I'm definitely looking forward to it. All right, bro. Give me your plugs in. All right. At Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. Um, I think... I forget if I was saying it on yeah, on this show, on when we were actually recording, or if I was just telling you offhand, but I've been slacking with Twitter lately, man. I just have not really been on it. Even on my own personal page, I haven't really been tweeting anything or retweeting anything. So just this morning, I posted a bunch of pictures and stuff from... Uh, from the view from my seats from full gear so you can go check that out at Lucha Outsiders if you're not following already uh, I will try try to get more a little bit better with Twitter uh, but by the time I get better with Twitter we'll be on hive anyway oh my well you can follow me at RatedArsons87, and that's Instagram okay for those that are wondering make sure and follow us everywhere Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and I guess also Hive if this ends up becoming a thing you know we I did make a Hive page, so if, if you know, if Hive ends up being a thing, it, it sounds like and seems like it's going to be a thing. So follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. I'm not going to say where you can find the podcast because if you're listening to this, that means you know where to find it. So for the old man Leo that's not here, and, you know, shouts to Leo who's on La Mega this morning. I'm talking about, like, the FIFA World Cup on 97.9. So, you know, shouts to Leo, man. He's doing some big things with just – his soccer show, Show Futboleo, and Los Radios. That's our that's our big brother. So, um, you know, shout outs to the old man Leo. You know, I'm I'm happy to see uh, all his hard work is paying off. So, uh, for the old man Leo that's not here, for our double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mister Rated R. Till next time, keep it rated R, and stay too sweet. Goodbye.
Mm-hmm. And good night, Ben. <laughs> <laughs>